Shouldn't these girls be flocking just like seagulls? Just me, I like a wrist Think I need someone who can handle it Ice on my boys and my wrist is fixed I don't need nobody tryna give me shit Just me, I like a wrist Think I need someone who can handle it Ice on my boys and my wrist is fixed I don't need nobody tryna give me shit What's up you guys, it's your girl with Ian K. Uh, we're currently in a car. Yeah, we're in uh, Kyra's car right now, sitting with her little doggy. Um, we just want to address, you know, earlier this week we released uh, episode 9 with some shoddy audio. We had our friends on, they were great, but we decided that, you know, the audio was just too, too terrible to keep on. Uh, so... Ended up taking down the episode, and we wanted to re-record it. So it's new content. But we included the interview that was there before, and yeah, give it a listen. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the interview because the audio was so bad, you should listen. (laughs) (laughs) The interview was good. The audio for the interview is good. So (laughs) anyway, so Um, we're going to start out with our MVP right now. And Emily, who is the MVP for this episode? The MVP is LeBron James. LeBron LeBron James. James. LeBron James. Yeah, the reason he is the MVP, if you haven't been following um, this past week, uh, he uh, did this thing with uh, Kerry Champion, uninterrupted his company that is, you know, geared towards having athletes tell their, you know, tell their stories through short form videos, uh, long form videos, uh, as well as podcasts um, called Uninterrupted. And uh, he started this company a few years back. Um, and one of the segments on it is called Rolling with Champions. I think it's called Rolling with Champions. And it's a segment that has Carrie Champion. She is an ESPN host, a black uh, female ESPN host um, on SportsCenter. And she acts, and it's a partnership with Uber. And so she acts like she's driving this Uber and she'll be driving a, a host of NBA players to wherever they need to go, which is their practice, which it's not actually an Uber, obviously, but she's it's having these... like carpool karaoke-ish? It's kind of like carpool karaoke. They're, like, talking. It's but kinda, but they're like, talking about, like, issues and... Also, like, comedians in cars. I've never seen that one, but I know what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. It's like that. Or it's like a... Uh, Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld's thing. Is yeah, that what that is? Oh, whoops. Yeah. Okay, then it's like that. Yeah. So it's that whole that kind of thing, but she's acting like an Uber driver, yada yada yada. So, um, and except they're also all the athletes are in the back seat. Okay. They're not in the front. Um But anyway, so one of the episodes that just came out was with LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Um basically I guess they were talking about political issues and LeBron James said President Trump doesn't give an F about the people, you know, says this in the interview, okay, fine, we all know LeBron and, you know, other NBA players do not like Trump, he called him a bum, whatever, um, and, yeah, you bum, bum. (laughs) nobody wants to come anyway, like, to the White House, but anyway, so, so, then this Fox News host named Laura Ingraham made this statement, um, as one of her closing thoughts in her show that she hosts, saying, you know, you know, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, you're great, but essentially you need to shut up and dribble. And from that, this sparked a whole thing on social media. It sparked, uh, you know, at the All-Star Game this weekend in L.A., um, Uninterrupted had a party, and also within their offices they had, uh, in lights kind of, like how they do in Stranger Things, like the stringed lights, it says, I am more than an athlete, and... Um, and LeBron James was like, I will not shut up and dribble because, for one, 
my children and two, you know, people need to speak out on these things. We talked about this earlier, right? I think in the last episode where we said that, like, it's actually, if you have a voice, use it. And no one can tell you, oh, you just do whatever profession you have. You're a person. This is your country. If the president is doing you wrong or you see him doing people wrong, you can speak on it because that's your God-given right as an American. Right. So I fucking hate when people are like, oh, actors just need to act and not be, just be there for entertainment. Like, shut up and dribble. Just do your job. Just entertain us, monkey. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, You know, it's a blessing and a curse to have the platform that you have because, you know, you get a lot of money. You have a lot of, you know, public, you know, people that praise you. But also at the same time it's kind of looked down upon. It's like a, it's like a double-edged sword. What is it? It's like when it's looked down upon, if you do speak out about something, because there are inevitably going to be people that don't agree with you. But if you don't, and you have all this power, that's why a lot of people have a problem with, um, you know, Jay-Z, he speaks out about stuff, but you know, does he actually quote unquote do anything? That's what people are. That's what people argue. Or same thing with like Kim Kardashian. She has all this power. Does she actually do anything with it? And to her, Jay-Z has programs and stuff and donates a lot of money. I know him and Beyonce donated, quietly a lot to Houston and also to um so they do do stuff but yeah I see what you mean where it's like it's like I guess if it's not broadcasted widely and and like they don't have I think if you talk you speak or you have your voice to like promote other people to do actions with the actions you do you don't have to like broadcast all of them Ron does a lot for the community really quick another MVP speaking of someone who did broadcast them doing stuff Drake's MVP, uh, Drake's, <laughs> <laughs> the Dra- irony, yeah. Drake's, uh, <laughs> what's God's plan. God's plan. That was dope. Sorry, I, no, that doesn't even. No, but it does really, but you know, it is, it, I loved watching that video. And, but anyways, they're both using their platform. They're using what they have to promote community, com- promote charity, or promote like whatever they want. And like LeBron can speak out against the president because he's an American. And the other thing is like, yeah, it's like, hold on. Um, Fox News host, and I mentioned this in the interview, but, like, your job as a host is to deliver information to the public. (laughs) Unbiased. Like, I mean, and I guess you have talking heads, not talking heads, but you have people like Sean Hannity where it's purely opinionated. Right. But in that opinion, you know, you're not supposed to be trying to sway other people. You know, I I guess that that doesn't really relate. But the the point is... What did you think of, though? When we went to... We, like, went to a, um plantation and one of the things that we discussed or like talked about that I found out about is that like you see a lot of the mindset of like slave trade in like sports how people talk about like black players how they're just like you're for our entertainment they talk about their weight they talk about their like even their lineage they talk about all that stuff and like in the way that she is saying you just need to play your sport she's treating him just as something like a, like, like a like a piece of like for example like all these people that go to Alabama you know or I don't want to single out Alabama but let's just say when you listen to commentators when they describe a black athlete they say oh he's a freak of nature he is so athletic look at he that animal is, instinct animal instinct right it's it's out of this world like it's like it has to be it's this like a uh, it's almost like an unhumanly thing. Like, it's like, oh, this is a crazy thing that, you know... He's been bred to do. He's been bred to do, right. White athletes, oh, he's so intelligent. He's so strategic. What a smart move on Tom Brady's smart part. Smart move, yeah, exactly. The The dichotomy between the way people describe... Or the commentators describe them is ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, and you're... And, and yeah, you're right. So Laura Ingraham, she's basically dwindling down to uh, an, ath- an object... A, 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 
specification that just plays uh, a sport for entertainment for entertainment yeah her for her and others pleasure which he is not he's a person yeah it's like you just told them to shut up and dribble you just gave your opinion (laughs) what the hell was he doing he was giving his opinion too um but that's you know lbj he's always been the mvp of the nba but mvp in our lives right now um but to segue from that What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Emmy Hay, and we're taking a little break from the podcast, which has been going swimmingly. Kyra wasn't able to sit down with me for this interview, but I got on the phone with none other than Ohio State Buckeyes point guard, Andrew Dockich. Um, Andrew played all four years at Michigan for the Michigan, Michigan State, Lord of mercy, nope, for Michigan's basketball team. He graduated the same year as I did, last April. And he was allowed an extra year of eligibility. So he decided to take that extra year at that school down south. If you don't understand the rivalry, um, Michigan and Ohio State are rivals. Um, Probably one of the biggest in sports. It's like Yankees and Red Sox. But for college, it's Michigan, Ohio State. Um, Same thing with like Real Madrid, Barcelona. Big, big, big rivalry. Huge. Um, But basically, he pretty much made a very sinful decision, traitorous decision, as a lot of people like to say, um, to transfer to the Ohio State University. Of all places you could go, why would you choose there, would a Michigan fan ask? Well, you will learn why, and there is definitely reason behind it, and hopefully you can be a little softer towards him. Maybe not in the game tomorrow, because we obviously always want to beat Ohio State, but, um, you know, he's still a person. He still has feelings, uh, and he still has love for Michigan. So, Take a listen to this interview, and as always, go blue. All right, guys, we are here with none other than Andrew Dockage. Um, some may call him a traitor, um, but <laughs> I think he's a person, so we can't completely call him that. Um, but I think it's—I just want to comment before we start. I think it's awesome that you know you went from being a walk-on at Michigan to totally impacting. Ohio State's basketball team and the respect that you have. Um, and when you graduated from Michigan, you initially you started out with a Quinnipiac, right? Am I pronouncing that right? It's Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. To, I don't even think I know how to spell it, so you're all right. <laughs> Quinnipiac. Wow. Where yeah. is that? It's in Connecticut. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you so. were there for like five weeks. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. What was that transition like, going from a D1, like, Power 5 school to, uh, was it D3 or NAIA? No, it's it's Division 1. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. Jeez, no oh, respect so... for, for my old school that was there for five weeks. But, no, it's all good. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a unique transition, that's for sure, where, you know, every everything around it, I think, like we were talking earlier, you're just so spoiled at Michigan, you know, just that campus vibe, everything around you, like there's stuff going on. And in Connecticut, there was nothing really going on. Uh, beautiful, like sightseeing, it's close near the ocean. Um, but oh, the campus, nice. I mean, it was summer and it's a smaller, it's a smaller campus. So it was just dead. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And there was not much, there was not much to do around, but, um, you know, I, I, I liked it for the five weeks I was there. Um, it was just, it just so happened like this, this opportunity, um, you know, to play in the big 10, to play close to home and in a state that I actually grew up in, um, for 10 years, I, it was just, it was just really tough to pass up. So, so when coach Holtman 
for Ohio State, called your dad, Dan Dockage, um, and you were already obviously at Quinnipiac. Um, yeah. Did you hesitate at all about going down there to visit, or was it like a, eh, like, I don't know if I, you know, what, what was your thought process when the, you got that call? Um, yeah, like you said, I, I think, so Coach Chris Holman, um, or Coach Holman, I don't know why I'm saying Chris, uh, <laughs> He, he, he was recruiting me to go to Butler, um, which was a school he previously was at before Ohio State, and a kid committed, and it was a freshman kid. And you're going to take a freshman um, who's got four years of eligibility rather than a, a fifth-year guy right. who's got, only got one. Right. So, you know, I, I was crushed because I grew, up, I grew up in the state of Indiana, and it was only 20 minutes away from home. Um, and that was a school that I grew up watching and, um, and enjoying to watch as well. So when that didn't happen, I was kind of crushed by it. And then, you know, moving on, um, Ohio State lets go of Thad Mata very late in the process, like mm-hmm. June, and I'm already at uh, Quinnipiac, and all of a sudden he kind of evaluates the program and sees, like, what they kind of desperately need because, you know, they didn't ha- they only had, like, six guys eligible, which is unheard what? of, really. Yeah, so when he saw that, um, he kind of asked, he just asked me, uh, would you be willing to come down here? And you know, like, I, I, it was, it was hesitant because you know I'm coming from Michigan, but at the same time, it wasn't because, like, it's in the, it's in arguably one of the best conferences. You know, the expo, like, you play against the best competition. You get the exposure of playing on likes of ESPN and possibly yeah. playing for um, during the NCAA tournament. Right. I was like, you know, that's what I've dreamt of, like, more than any school. Like, obviously. I have a love and I have appreciation for Coach Beeline and the University of Michigan. I'll never go away. But at the same time, like, my goal was to have this kind of opportunity uh, growing up. So it kind of just all came to fruition, and here I am going to Ohio State. So So your dad said that he would never take a player from <laughs> Purdue. I, like, did he talk to you at all? Like, was he like, uh, I don't know if you want to do this because it's just, like, conflicting with – you know, what you've been with for the past four years and what you've right. gotten from them. No, believe it or not, he was pushing me more than anyone. Really? Like, he to go, yo, yeah, because he knew what this could do. He knew that how bad I wanted, because we've always had talks um, throughout my four years. You know, I, I, sometimes I play spot minutes for Derek or Spike just to get them mm-hmm. rest, but this was kind of an opportunity to showcase what, you, what like, what you can do. Um, and he knew that I had it in me to do something like this. And yeah, just so having to be at Ohio State, um, but he wanted this for me more than anything. And plus, it, I mean, it gives him the opportunity to come see me play right. um, on a nightly basis, which was very important um, because Kateri is only two two and a half hours away from home instead of flying to uh, Connecticut. So, so when you first transferred, or when you were thinking about it, did you consult anybody other than your dad? Yeah, I uh, yeah, it's Max Biafel who did the same thing, Spike Albright, mm-hmm. like. Like those guys, I mean, how but they, they didn't. The they didn't go as like this was just like a one eighty, like you know, like yeah. <laughs> they went to Purdue yeah, and went to Indiana, is, right? But okay, but the thing is, is like this is how I see it. The past four years, I did not consider Ohio State a rival. It did not feel like a rivalry at all. What? Like it in basketball? Okay, football yeah, yeah. is completely different because yeah. we've only played Ohio State. Like I believe. I believe we played him twice. I don't even think we played him twice at all in my four years. I could be wrong. There may be one. 
But like that's just so like un- not normal for like if it's a rivalry, like for instance, Michigan, Michigan State only played once this year. Like they can, it doesn't make any sense. Like mm-hmm. that's the that's the game that everyone wants. Like that felt like a rivalry game. Like that was extreme. And then kind of Indiana, honestly, um, just because we had a lot of Indiana guys. Like there, so you, you put you put Michigan State and Indiana in the equation. Then you have Ohio State. And it just like when we went there, like so we went there my sophomore, I believe it was my sophomore year, and they just won the national championship uh, in football, and it was the like the night the night before they won it, and we're thinking, man, this place is gonna be packed, like mm-hmm. they're going off a high. There was nobody, and they had a good team, and there was nobody there, so it, it just like it was like, all right, is this really a rivalry game? Like, are the fans really about this? Or, okay, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's kind of how I've. I've seen it, and if you talk to other guys, they'll say the exact same thing. Like it, it just hasn't felt like that on I, both sides. I don't know why. Yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Huh. So. That's interesting. So, so then I guess when you initially, you know, made that transfer, did because you didn't feel like it was such a rivalry. Rivalry. Did anyone like? I know D Wall and uh, <laughs> DJ and Zach Irvin. I don't know if Karis has said anything on like your Instagram post, but they didn't seem too keen when you post. That was bold. That was. Yeah, <laughs> I will just say, that they, was you so know, bold. But they they do that for the attention. Like they do that because they know the fourteen and fifteen year olds on on uh, my Instagram page are gonna love that stuff and eat that stuff up uh, and back them up. So I I mean I've had plenty of conversations um, via Facetime with Derek and DJ about, it, and they're just laughing. Um, so, you know, they're, they're in all great sports. They're really happy for me, which is the most oh, important. Like, yeah, and Coach B, like, Duncan, like, all those guys are extremely happy for me to have this opportunity because, you know, they've seen kind of, like, the work I put in behind the scenes mm-hmm. for the last four years. So, to, like, you know, I I told Coach Beeline about this before anyone else knew. Like, that's just the respect I have for him. And obviously, like, you could say, how is this – how are you – paying tribute to him or respecting him when you're going to a school like Ohio State well he he wants what was best for me and he knew that this this opportunity saw the roster he knew that that was the best opportunity for me so you know that that kind of just speaks on the character of of coach Beeline and the staff so right it's showing that it's I guess more I mean obviously it's a game but it's like you know what's going to better your future and make you happy so yeah exactly um when you first got to Ohio State and you were able to interact with the team and walk into the locker room, what was that like? You know, did you <laughs> did you feel any sort of like ill will uh, at first, or were you like, oh, I guess I gotta like adapt? Oh man, I I remember the first workout I I went in, and they believe it or not, they only had five healthy guys out on the court, mm-hmm. and and two guys who are playing now. Um, Kate of HD up and Andre Weston, who are two stars for us, mm-hmm. were on the sideline, and those are the first two guys who come up to me, and I and I know like one of the coaches said, "Hey man, go," like I see him from across the court, and he's like, "Hey man, go, go say what's up to um, the new guy," and they, they didn't know like I was actually there, like they didn't know, and I was wearing an Ohio State shirt already, like <laughs> they were just because it just happened the day before, uh-huh. and I went and I went to just drive down from Indianapolis. Cause only two and a half hour um, car ride and they were just cracking up. They're like, what is going on? And I know Jake, like they thought I, for the longest time I've been a Michigan spy and whatnot. So what? you know, I, yeah, <laughs> like they, they, they finally gained my trust. Uh, uh, I gained their trust, excuse me, 
after like the first time we played Michigan, it was, it was pretty funny. Like, all right, we know you're with us now, which it, it's it, but they they've been great. Like they didn't have to accept me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a kid coming from that school who didn't really um, contribute that much in his four years. You know, you're bringing in a new coach, and you're like, "What are we doing?" Like, right. We're bringing in this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, for this to kind of all happen, and for them to be great about it, uh, really talks about like, or kind of shows like the kind of character we have on this team. So, do you see? I mean, I guess going off of that, that like you know, at Michigan, you were just you know not really getting in a lot of minutes, but now you're making an impact. What about Ohio State? Whether it's their way of playing or the coaching what what's different that's making you be able to get out there and kind of show what you got <laughs> well I, I, there's no Derek Walton in front of me or, uh, okay. or Spike Albrecht so you know that's like the, the, I, I mean Derek and I were in the same class so that's who I had to compete with on a on a daily basis mm-hmm. and you know for him to have the career he did I mean he's the first player to ever score over a thousand points 500 rebounds 400 assists like so that's who I was you know competing with um on a daily basis and this just kind of still happened that you know we were limited with um our guard play and that's why that's why coach Beeline even said like this was the perfect situation for myself so do you think you've grown more in the past few months starting compared to your past four years at Michigan or I guess basketball wise yeah I'd say so just because you know, I was a guy that was always um, giving advice to Derek, to Duncan, to Zach. Like, I would always be, like, the voice of reason, like, tell them what I see. Now I kind of seek that advice from others, um, either watching the game uh, on television or even my teammates on the bench, like, what do they see or some assistant coaches. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a different, it's definitely a different perspective now. Um, and it's a grind. Like, I mean, you play... Um, every two or three nights, like you gotta be mentally, you gotta be mentally strong for all this because you know you can be beaten any given night, um, and that's what you know. That's what I, like, I have so much respect for those guys who brought it every night, like the likes of Derek um, mm-hmm. and Zach. So that's why I kind of blend in with them. Do you consider yourself to be equally a Wolverine and a Buckeye? You know, I know the fans. I know what they think. I'm a traitor. I'm probably gonna get booed on. Um, <laughs> Sunday, which is expected. Like, I don't blame them. Like, that's what makes sports great. Like, they're very passionate about their school, and obviously they dislike a school, and it just happened to be Ohio State. So, um, you know, I, 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 love, I love the fans. I think they've been great for four years. I think they bring an unbelievable environment. But I know it's just going to be – I don't even know how it's going to be. It's going to be interesting, I feel like. It is, because, you know, the last two years, Spike got a little nice ovation, and so did Max. So – Oh, well, they got uh, ovations? Yeah, oh yeah, right when they checked in, they the the crowd was applauding, so <laughs> I don't I don't know if I expect this. <laughs> you might be the return. outlier. Yeah, I might be, exactly. <laughs> so when you go back I know you went back um during the fall for a couple of football games. Um were you received well at all? <laughs> um yeah, I was for the most part. I think people were confused. <laughs> like what yeah. not, not necessarily I mean they were probably a little confused like first off why are you there when you like like people people want to like throw stuff at you but it, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like that like 
I mean, people have, I mean, people are very respectful That's good. Um, in Ann Arbor. So it was, it wasn't, it wasn't too harsh, but I, but you know, they probably didn't even know yet because it's football season. You, yeah. really pay t- you know what I mean? So I, I, I wonder if I'd have a different reception if I, uh, if I came back for one of those nights. So I honestly, I was, I didn't even know. Cause I, I thought you were still at Quinnipiac. I knew about that, and then for some reason, I guess I just looked over my timeline, and then I saw that picture on Instagram. I was like, "Wait, am I looking at this right? Wait, what is going <laughs> you know, on?" That's what I mean. It pops like I literally hear from someone like new every other day from Michigan. Like, "Yo, when did this happen?" <laughs> so I literally I messaged Danny Rogers, and I was like, "Is this a joke? What is going on?" <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny. That's good though that you're you know doing well there, and uh, I guess doing what you want with your fifth year. And I guess my final question to you would be, what do you hope to get out of, you know, playing your final year of eligibility um, of basketball, even though it's at Ohio State, what do you hope to get out of it? Um, Just kind of how it's been, really. Like, just kind of like the success of the team. You know, I've, I've been a successful team, but I wasn't really a contributor on the court. And I think that's, like, the most, like, the thing I'm trying to get out of it the most. Like, I don't really care, like – if you look at my stats, I'm not a stat uh, a score, stat sheet stuffer. So just mm-hmm. to, you know, impact the game, um, whether it's my leadership or vocal vocal piece, that's kind of the way it's always been with me. Um, I don't care about the accolades. I, I want my team to do – just my team to do well. So that's like the thing I, I wanted to get out the most of this year, I would say. So. And I guess I just thought of this as uh, you were talking, but All-Star Weekend is – this weekend do you what are your thoughts on the NBA right now with all of the ridiculous trades that are happening and like how the Cavs just blew up their entire their yeah. entire team yeah I love that I said from the beginning I love um I love the cash I love that how many trades there are just to try to get better and like everyone has the same goal like how are we going to beat the Warriors like what's our best option to beat the Warriors who do we need to get rid of so, um, you know, I love what the Cavs did. I think they have um, – and I do like the Lakers, too. Like, I'm a – I liked how, what they had with um, Larry Nance and Lonzo and their mm-hmm. whole – but, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. I think the two best teams are still obviously the Cavs um, and the Warriors. But it's interesting to see – you know, I don't know if you saw this today – um, that Fox News reporter call out LeBron. Yeah. With, and was, then Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I just didn't, like, first off, like, if you're a professional athlete, you have a voice for a reason. And mm-hmm. that dude has done, has, that dude has, like, built, or uh, put up schools, put kids to college, like, and for someone to say something like that, really, like, it, it, you take a step back and say, what are you doing? And, for, like, for Fox News to even let that even happen, I, I just yeah. didn't understand it all, so... Yeah, Sorry I mean, for going on a little tangent about that, but... No, I agree. I mean, I, I guess the point is, I don't know if the woman, her name's Laura Ingraham or whatever, I don't know if she's a journalist or not, but, like, her, the primary reason Fox News exists is to put out news and to give people information, not to give, you know, their opinions all the time. So if she's a journalist, then I guess in her own right, she's not really, you know, doing her job and sticking to... Right. You know, yeah, no, I completely agree with that, to give the news instead of judging what someone else said in a uber or i think i think that's what he was in or something yeah like it was that, that uh, uninterrupted i think it was yeah uninterrupted yeah uber. yeah yeah if it was you're right yeah you're right. yeah but. 
Interesting. So that was good. That was a little sidetrack conversation. But thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk with us. And I guess, I guess, good luck on Sunday. I was just about to say, are you going to give me the good luck? Or are you gonna say, I don't know. Right. Oh man, I uh, I'll be watching. I guess okay, I don't know how fair. to say. I don't know. Good luck. Uh, hopefully <laughs> you do well. Good. I don't really care for you know the rest of you. Too. I got you. <laughs> I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Thank you. No problem. Bye. Bye. That was a great interview with Doc. Hey, Doc. Um, Thank you for joining us. That was a really great one, and I'm mad I wasn't there, but, yeah. He was good, entertaining as usual, and I love the commentary on LeBron James. Um, But to close it out, um, it's Kyra's tailgate week. This week I'm inviting Kim Kardashian, because, I don't know, I've just been like, I recently, I don't keep up with the Kardashians. I don't watch it. But, like, I do really respect Kim. I think I really like how she is as, like, how she's created an empire and, like, how she's just so shady. I don't know. I feel like she'd be, like, a really fun person to be friends with, maybe. Cause, because, like, the way she interacts with her sisters, the way that she's just, like, the way that she ch- is... She seems really funny. Like, I don't know. You should see this interview with her and Jennifer Lawrence. Like, Jennifer Lawrence would ask, like, does she ever fart in front of Kanye? And she's like, I don't fart. What do you mean? Yeah, Uh, she understands what she's about. Yeah, she understands what people think she is. And then, like, she's just... She seems really funny. And, like, the fact that she, like, sent all her perfume to her, like... She's like, I'm sending it to my friends and my haters. And she showed a list of people. And, like, the blue was her haters. I was like, this is so smart because everyone's going to, like write about this talk about your perfume free advertising that was like such a great and like maybe it was a team who told her to do that but like either way like she like helps make the decisions and i just really dig her i think she's hilarious i think that uh it probably she probably does have i mean if she doesn't then kudos to her but uh she might have people around her that are kind of instructing her on like uh this is what you do to break the internet again um she probably has a team right but like but the fact that she co she's like all right that's what we're doing Okay. I feel like, like so many like, people would be like, "No, it's gonna be bad press." Bad press, right? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stir the pot however I can all the time. But also, that time that she, one of this is the moment I was like, one of I fuck with Kim Heavy. That time that she called out Taylor Swift and did the snake thing, I was like, you don't fuck around. So like, she's just bold. She's bold as hell. So I respect it, and she seems really nice. Honestly, she does seem cool and. Um, cognizant of everyone's time. Um, yeah, even like when she was talking to Kylie that one time, and she was just like, "You're coming to work for Kanye." Like, I heard that you don't re- like respect everyone's time. I always make sure that like I get what needs to be done. I know like work with everyone. Like, I don't know. You. Told she me was that. saying that she she was kind of scolding Kylie about getting to places late. Um, and kind of not being appreciative of everyone else's time. She was like, whenever I go to places, I'm always on time. I always say thank you. And I always am try, I try to be as polite as I can be. Um, and I was like, you know, for someone as big of a star as you, and I think, you know, once you get to a certain level, like it's one, it's like those mid tier celebrities that like think they're all about it. But then once you get to a certain level, like a Beyonce or I don't, you know, and people are going to be like, us, oh, Kim Kardashian's not, and she's, you know, definitely not to the same degree, but I feel like once you kind of reach that, like, kind of top of the hill level then like you kind of realize okay i don't know what i'm saying that didn't make any sense like i feel like people like start like expecting you not to be that nice so then you can't have the option to just be a diva like i don't know mariah carey seems like she like owns her divaness so she doesn't really like 
I don't know. She's probably a nice person, but like, I thought she was nice. Yeah, but oh, you met her. I told you I met her that one time with Nick Cannon. Oh, she, oh yeah. Either way, like I mean, I just saw her her like TV show, and oh, she seemed yeah. kind of like ridiculous. Like, <laughs> but um, it's just I think that's like kind of important. Also, she hits her sisters with purses, and it's like, don't be fucking rude. And I just kind of I know that feeling. Of just, like, <laughs> I know that feeling when I just want to like beat somebody. Like, <laughs> don't be rude, and just like feel like a child doing it. Like, so, and she's still like. I, like, see random clips. I really enjoy her. She stole Courtney's dog because she, like, her dog was barking too much. So she tried to act like she accidentally picked up the wrong dog. And, like, Courtney was like, Kim, give me my dog back. She's like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> she's so, funny. Yeah. She's funny. She's so a comic. In my, she's invited to the tailgate. I feel like she'd be fun. She would be fun. Um, but that's all we have this week. We'll be back next week with some other interviews Oh, yeah, we got some big people coming for you, so... Yeah, excited, excited, excited. All right, and this has been The Ball Out with... Ian K. Bye! Bye.